When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's up, Browns fans? Before we dive into the show today, I just want to tell you real quick about Built Bar. Built Bar is the world's first ever protein candy bar, or it might actually be a candy protein bar. Either way, Built Bar provides the nutritional snack you need for a healthy diet without that nasty, chalky taste of a traditional protein bar. Get 10% off your order when you use promo code BARK, B-A-R-K, at Built.com. That's promo code BARK for 10% off your order at Built.com today. Welcome to the Dogs Podcast with your hosts, Blake Reniker, Zach Kopp, Justin Charles, and Josh All. All right, Barry, what do you think about Deshaun Watson? Well, heaven forbid if we don't make the playoffs the first year, uh, the fans will turn on them like they did Mayfield, except, you know, much, much worse. That's for sure. Um, you know, there, there are two parts to Deshaun Watson. One is on the field and one is off the field. And unfortunately, the two of them are, are going to be linked. And not only are they linked, they're going to be linked forever. No matter, I feel no matter what comes out of this off the field, Deshaun will always be guilty. I mean, you know, OJ's still a murderer, right? Right. So, you know, on the field, Deshaun's a fine athlete. His skill set will fit in nicely with this Browns offense, and, and he'll become a dual threat to any defense. I love a running quarterback. I always have. I've always liked people like Run, Randall Cunningham. I like uh, Lamar Jackson. You know, Michael Vick, I love a running quarterback. And that's what this this uh, offense needs, especially with the three running backs that we got and, and the tight ends that we have. And this Browns offense is made to run the ball. Now, Baker would run, but he would scramble and gain three or four yards, whereas Deshaun is like Lamar. You turn around, and if Lamar gets past the pocket – and gets across the line of scrimmage, he's already passed all the defensive linemen. He's passed some of the linebackers. All the defensive players are watching their man. And before you know it, uh, Lamar's 17 yards downfield, and that's what Sean gives you as far as that. So his on-the-field attributes is never a question, even though he hadn't played in a year. Uh, as long as he's in shape, which he looked like he was in the uh, in the press conference, that's not the situation. 
the situation is what's going on with the issue of the allegation filed by 22 different women who have accused him of inappropriate behavior and sexual assault. Most of these are massage therapists. Now, I've, I've gotten every complaint that has been filed against him, and I read them. And, he, and according to the women, they're all very graphic, and, and things have happened um, in, in these massage rooms, according to these women. Now, Deshaun, from day one, has said, I didn't do this. I didn't assault any women. I haven't disrespected any women. I was raised by a mother and two sisters and two aunties, and I didn't do this. I think it's going to come down to a he said, she said. If you look at what's going on with the two grand juries, there's been two different Texas counties, and the grand juries in those counties, the first one examined nine complaints, and they couldn't find anything that would send him an indictment. So those were eliminated. The second grand jury looked at one complaint. The same result happened. So here you've got a guy that hasn't never been criminally charged with any wrongdoing. There are currently no warrants out for his arrest. There isn't a single indictment regarding these allegations in which they, the, the state, you know, uh, that he broke any law. At one time, the FBI was involved in this. They came and went and went, packed their bags and went back home. Now, Deshaun has one more count that could get him a criminal charge, and that will be in front of another grand jury in another Texas uh, county, and that will be soon. But if that's been eliminated, the only thing that is left is civil lawsuits. Now, the, the women, uh, the attorney for these women is named by Jimmy Busby, and he has come out publicly and stated that they're going to proceed with all their civil suits and that he feels that the women have not changed their stories, they haven't waffled on what, what happened, and that he feels that all their, uh, their charges are strong in what they uh, allege. Now, criminal court is completely different than civil court. In criminal court, you have to have an, a unanimous decision among all the jurors. In, in civil court, all you have to have is 50% vote. So that means that if you got 12 jurors in a criminal court, they have to be 12 to 0 that you're guilty or not guilty. But in, in civil court, it could be 7 to 5 or 6 to 6, and you win. So that is what's going to hang on. Now, you're talking about the leader, and and basically he just represents your franchise. The quarterback does. How many women do you see at, at games? Do do your women, your wives, your sisters, your mom, your your relatives, they watch games. Ever since the 1970s, women have been trickling in to pro football arena and been part of the fabric of the game, every every year it's more and more. You can't go to a sports bar and not see women watching pro football. Am I correct? Oh, you're absolutely right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what you're dealing with here is allegations of, of a sexual nature that are against women 
and are directly affect women. Now, and if all that's true, it's, it's horrible indeed. Now, let's examine where these allegations came from. Deshaun signed a, a four-year rookie contract when he was their first-round pick, which, ironically, that was the Browns' pick back mm-hmm. in 2017, the 12th pick, and they traded with the Texans. So if they had just picked you know, Deshaun back then anyway, all this would have been all moot. But he signed a, a, a rookie contract for $13.84 million. Well, after two years, he made the Pro Bowl his second year. He didn't start his first year, but he started the majority of it. And his second year, he not only started, he made the Pro Bowl. Well, the Texans gave him a four-year extension for, for $177.5 million. That's a staggering amount. Well, now you've got a guy that's the face of the franchise in Houston that's walking around with a huge contract and money to burn and – does he become a target? And, and per, perhaps some of those who zeroed in on Deshaun wanted not to go to trial but simply settle out of court and one day go home with this huge check. Now, we all know that there's two sides to every story, right? Yep. Yep. So here you've got a guy that's, that's loaded, and now you've got 22 different women. Well, the one question that I was – Uh, asking because I know that athletes at the pro level are very, very picky about who prescribes them uh, supplements and who does medical and also who, who touches their body. They know that all it takes is for one person to mess up. That's not qualified or that has, does not have the experience. That's why Dr. James Andrews is so huge, because people know that he provides results and then get back on the field eventually. So it just perplexed me that there were 22 different women. Why didn't he just find one and use that one therapist? Well, in the, um, in the press conference, he stated that it wasn't 22, it was 40. Right, because there were 18 that came out in his defense. Yeah, he said over. He said, "Look, I was in Houston five years." Mm-hmm. He said, "I used forty different therapists," and I thought, "Why in the world would somebody use that many?" And so, about four minutes into the uh, the press conference, a reporter asked him. He said, uh, "Why so many?" Forty uh, massage people. So, if why why not just find one you really like and and stick with that person. 40 just seems like so many. Well, I never, as far as a team, um, and, and then when I say team, not saying the Cleveland Browns, but my agency and things like that, uh, 40 is just over the time. It's not in one period of time. I've been in Houston for five years, so you go to different people, and that's just how, like I said before, I can't get too far into the details, but you know, as businesses work and you move and meet different people and people have different schedules and blocks, you kind of meet people over time. He said, why, why did you use 22 of them? And he said, well, it's not 22. He said, it's 40 over time. And it's not one period of time. It's that entire spread. He said that you go to different people. Yep. He said, I can't. But he did say, I can't get too much into details. But people have different schedules. And I meet meet different people over time. Yeah. Well, to me that. Go ahead. Go ahead. To me, that was kind of um, 
hazing it the most. Mm. You agree? Actually, for me, <clears throat> the what his explanation in the press conference kind of gave me a different perspective of like a professional athlete because you know he said it was you know 40 it wasn't in one period it was over five years he said you know and over those five years some people have different schedules some people are booked up some people move their businesses closed their businesses moved to other areas you get introduced to new people so i started to understand that maybe he goes to a massage therapist and this therapist says hey you know what i have this you know, associate of mine, you might want to try her because she's really good at this area of the body. So he goes and tries that one and maybe it's not what he expected or wasn't, you know, perfect, or maybe it was. And he's like, okay, now I got two different ones. I guess if you break it down on average, it was like eight different massage therapists per year, according to him, if you look at it that way. And to me, I didn't seem like that was that many because I know people that go to three different massage therapists kind of on a rotation. So is it really that crazy that an athlete would you know, run into eight different ones per year. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. I really do. I, I think he, fa- he should have found one unless they got pregnant and couldn't do it or they moved or, um, you know, had an injury or something. And if you're going to an independent massage company and you call and ask for X number of person, if that person is booked, don't you think that they would shift people around so that Deshaun Watson could come in and, and get his sessions. I just think it's very odd. I, I think he kind of answered it kind of in a hazy way, but also you got to understand that he's facing 22 civil suits, and I'm sure his attorney has said, "Don't say you don't anything. talk about this, you don't talk about this, and you don't talk about this, and yeah. let it go on." Uh, another thing about the press conference I thought was kind of weird was here you you have signed the highest paid athlete in in the league and the whole thing was kind of morbid to me there wasn't any excitement there wasn't balloons there wasn't clowns there wasn't streamers or party hats it just kind of resembled a funeral to me it was just everybody seemed just kind of well, at a lull it, it was kind of depressing uh, did you get justin zach did you guys watch the press conference uh i didn't get yeah. to see the whole thing okay. i saw about half of it. justin did you think that the reporters were asking some, and I don't watch a whole ton of press conferences because I hate the media anyway, but some of the questions were so just stupid that I thought this is almost a waste of time. The one that comes immediately to mind, they asked Andrew Barry about the optics of the situation. Are the optics correct? That if he were not as talented, the organization would not have gone down this path and done the due diligence it says it did? Yeah, Kimberly, I would tell you that um, on the one hand, you know, any player we would try and do as much work on as possible. And then on the other hand, um, if we didn't get comfortable with Deshaun the person, it wouldn't have mattered how talented he was. We wouldn't have pursued the trade. You know, if he wasn't such a talented athlete on the field, would you have done this, ex- invested this much money into investigating his background? And I thought, well, uh, what kind of a stupid question is that? Of course not. They're not going to spend millions of dollars right. to investigate the background of a backup long snapper. Right. You know what I mean? This is the the quarterback to face the franchise. Of course, they're going to spend a lot of money to make sure that this huge investment they want to make is going to pan out. So I just, the questions like that just drive me nuts. I, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Justin. I just also felt like considering the situation and I felt like they were almost handcuffed. Like I felt like Andrew Barry was kind of on a script. I felt like Stefanski was mm-hmm. on a script. Obviously, Watson was on a script. And they were being asked honest questions that pertain to 
the perspective of what this looks like for the, uh, you know, the Browns to sign this guy. And they answered it to the best of their abilities based on the fact that it's ongoing legal stuff. Like, I, and I don't think you can do balloons and streamers when you're announcing something like this. Like, I was kind of surprised. I was curious just to see what it would look like when they actually did the press conference. Cause uh, you know, there's just so much other stuff going on with it. Yeah. So, and I agree with you, how you said about that. There was a certain script, which, you know, all the lawyers <clears throat> and attorney yeah. for the team and Watson, the, like Josh pointed out, you know, they're going to, you can only say this, mm-hmm. you can't say anything here. If they ask you this question, this is your, yep. like, yep. I think it was Jake Trotter was like the second yeah. person to ask questions of Barry. And he's like, so you, talk to you didn't talk to the women he said you know it's all i'm gonna stick by my statement it felt like that sheriff that's like investigating like some type of a case yeah. and he can only say one thing about the missing person or yeah, whatever he's right. like it'll be in the it's in the investigation yep. that's all i'm gonna stick to that and that you know that's how it kind of felt and like i said it sucks because this moment should have been what you're saying barry of the balloons and streamers and, you know, having a parade that we got this elite quarterback that we're bringing in to lead the franchise. And we haven't been able to do that yet. And this situation is going to cause a lot of problems for our fan base, you know, going into the season, it's going to be a long time before a lot of people get past, you know, what's going on, you know, regardless of what you believe, if you, you know, like him as a quarterback and you're looking past stuff or if you're going to be hung up on, you know, the stuff off the field, it's going to be a lot, whether it's reporters are going to be split down the middle. You're going to get tough questions from certain people and other people are going to be like, ah, no, I'm just going to ask all stuff about football. It's going to be this way for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Until we start winning a lot of games. And then I think those uh, questions might change a little bit. Right. I, yeah, I do have. And, to, and oh, the, go ahead, Barry. And the Haslam's they ended up on a, a Zoom call. They weren't at the press conference because they were out of the country. Mm-hmm. They did a Zoom call later in the day and and took some questions. And they basically just made statements. And of course, their their statements. Jimmy made a statement. Then Dean made a statement. And they both were very vanilla. They were you know straight up and down the board. Basically, mm-hmm. what everybody's been saying about sensitivity. But I found out that there was a very odd thing about this from the Haslam's. Jimmy had an idea that was backed by a counselor that he conferred with that had experience in sexual misconduct issues. Uh, you know, Jimmy's the owner. He's, he's a husband. He's a father to, to two daughters himself. He gave his wife and both his daughters, Whitney and Cynthia, the option to veto the, the, the trade. No questions asked. I saw that. So if if any of the three did not feel that this was right for themselves as women, not not as women whose football team could use a talented guy to run the offense, but as women in general, then the word would be sent down to cancel the trade proceedings. And in the end, none of the three vetoed their uh, you know exercise their veto power. Yeah, I think that's, it's just very insightful, at least for me, how much time, energy, money went into the resources to investigate Deshaun Watson, all those conversations, like you said, with, you know, the Haslam, you know, D and the, and their daughters and everything. And everybody who looked into this came away with, yeah, we feel good about this. So I don't know what the evidence is, but it was, 
whatever it was, it got thrown out in court. So I, I, I trust in the Browns process. I trust in this front office and Andrew Barry, and they came away feeling really good about what they found. And I know they look back into high school, college, and I've talked to a lot of Texans fans in the last week who have said Deshaun Watson did nothing but extraordinary things in the community for Houston, and they love him. They they seem yep. to have no qualms whatsoever about any of these allegations, and they're actually turning over and becoming Browns fans now. I've heard from a yeah. lot of them, which is pretty cool. Yeah, well, the Haslam's even went further by getting input from various uh, uh, female members of the Browns organization and front office, and you know, including his wife and daughter. So all of them were given an ample amount of information prior to the trade in order for them to gather the, the thoughts to make an informed decision. Yeah, and, you know, and another thing that, you know, Jimmy came out and said, I know I saw um, somewhere he said that there's more people renewing season tickets than canceling. So, you All know, right. th- there, you know, you still got the fans, while there is a good bit that are hesitant on this, there's still a lot that are just... They're all in. Yep. Yeah. The, the worst criticism, though, came from the National Center of, of Sexual Exploitation as well as the Cleveland Rape Crisis Center, which is to be expected. Yeah. So, and, of I, course, Browns, Browns fans are, are split. you got some that are, that are pro-Watson. You've got some that are, that are against him. You've got some that are, like, on a, on a wait-and-see uh, basis. And then you got some that are just wanting Deshaun to, to do something bad so that, that this could all just be a wash. Go ahead, Justin. I know you had. So well, all I'll say, and I don't want to throw any dirt on any legends of Cleveland or anything like that, but for all the Browns fans that say, hey, I can't see this guy as a leader of my team or a franchise player or anything along those lines. And I'm not saying that the allegations aren't horrific. They're terrible. If if they're more than allegations, this is awful. This is really, really bad. But I can't tell you how many times that I go to a Browns game and see Jim Brown's jersey or look across the stadium and he's in, you know, the legends of Cleveland. Jim Brown kind of has like a terrible, terrible rap sheet. He's beat up girls and beat up his girlfriend, threw her off a balcony, allegedly. He's been accused of rape, allegedly. Kareem Hunt. Kind of has a bad pass with the situation that had that he had on video I've seen girls. I've seen girls at Brown's games wearing Kareem Hunt's Jersey. So the idea that because of allegations, this guy cannot be a leader or a franchise player or, a, you know, somebody in the community that is valued is crazy to me. I, it's just crazy to me. And anybody saying that you haven't looked into the, the past players. We've had situations in our past where this is, I mean, Jim Brown is a legend. I have a Jim Brown jersey. I have multiple Jim Brown memorabilia. And to me, it sucks. But also, you can't use that excuse. That It just isn't – It's that's a not legit. It is what it is. Yeah, yeah. look at special teams coach Mike Prefer. He was quoted as saying they should take all the gays in the world and put them on an island and nuke it. Right. There you go. Okay, I mean, yeah, so – that's a hot. That's a hot mic there. You know, that's, that's, <laughs> mm-hmm, somebody should have mm-hmm. turned his mic off on but, that one. Justin, I really appreciate you bringing that up. That is an excellent point about Jim Brown it. and I hear it all the time. Yeah, it's yeah. super annoying. I hate it's, uh, and I'll be the first one to say, 
it's just like, oh, hey, that's just the position that I'm going to take. And I'm going to be so hard on it that I'm just never going to come off of it. Like, I don't think a lot of people know those situations, obviously, you know, and then with Roethlisberger and stuff like that, yeah. we're going to we're going to live with those jokes. And now that I guess stigma for our team for probably a long time. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, if Steeler fans want to throw the jokes at Browns like we did to them for all the years, whatever. I really don't. It's the Browns fans, like you said, that are going to stand there in a Jim Brown jersey and tell you that Deshaun Watson's some terrible person because of these allegations. Like, well, now you've got a double standard going on here. And at the I end, I mean, if you, yeah, go ahead, brother. Well, I just said at the end of the day, Barry said it early on. I mean, it's a he says, she said kind of situation at the moment. So far, nothing has been proven in court. All Deshaun has said from the beginning is that he didn't do it. You know, and, and I think I think people just want clarity on the situation. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think I think that's all that it comes down to. I, you know, like I talked to my wife and I'm, you know, about the stuff like that, and it's it's hard. It's hard to explain to people that. You know, that's going to be somebody that you may want to get a jersey of. Or if you wear a Deshaun Watson jersey to the game, what what kind of, you know, repercussions are going to come with that? I, it doesn't look yeah. good, but when Ben Roethlisberger puts on a gold jacket in five years, pretty sure they're not going to bring any of that up. And hit, they won't have that on his bust in, that's uh, a good in Ohio. Point. None of that. You will not hear any yeah. of that. You'll just hear about how I- he was the face of the franchise for, you know, 18 years. Until this is settled, I feel sorry for Cleveland Browns fans that bought a number four Anthony Walker jersey last year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, don't. Yeah. Yep. No, just trade. Well, they'll be okay as long in, as they man. don't they turn around. Right. <laughs> you can switch that one back out, man. Yeah. That, that's yeah. that's going to be a new number four. I mean, this, this one, whole situation is just terrible because any sort of violence or misconduct toward anybody, but especially toward women, I mean, it's. It's just terrible. But at the same time, we also have to be aware that there are situations where men are targeted unfairly. And until things are actually proven with evidence and, you know, decided by court, everything else is sort of just opinion. How you feel about it? I mean, there's people saying, oh, he's he's guilty. I'll never believe anything. That's fine. You don't have to believe anything. But the court of law still doesn't say he's guilty. Yeah, my, you know, try to. So my wife's opinion on the matter. Your wife's a Steelers fan. Yeah, so well her opinion on the matter is she feels obviously we know there's 22 and all that is the big number and there's actually been a couple more that have like they're just not going for like a criminal thing. They're they're looking for the civil part uh-huh. of it. So there's it in her opinion, she feels like there may what if she's going to feel bad if there was one that may have actually something might have happened and then they said something and then everybody else came out and it's like, Oh, you know, I'm going to say something now too of that one person's voice being diminished over everything because you can't prove the other one. So now that one looks like the exact same thing. So that, that would be horrible if that were like if that ended up somehow being the case, and I don't know if we'll ever know that answer. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully, right. hopefully, it's not the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've I've got an article uh, coming out tomorrow called uh, "Women of the Browns." You know, there are, there's a lot of females that that are beat writers for this team. 
Ashley Bastock, Cleveland.com. Of course, Mary Kay Cabot, Ash, uh, Cleveland.com. Um, let's see who's some others. Uh, Marla Ridenauer at the Akron Beacon uh, Journal. Cameron Justice at Channel T, uh, 5 TV. And then Aditi King Kabawala from NFL Network. All of those covered the Cleveland Browns. Um, I think it would have been interesting for that, that press conference if they would have just taken all those, those, all those women and just sat them on the front row and just everybody else backed up and said, okay, fire away. Just see what will happen. Anyway, my article is coming out tomorrow. I interviewed six women that have something to do with the Cleveland Browns. One is an attorney. One is studying to be an attorney. And all of them are professionals in one way or another. And they, I ask them four questions, simple questions, direct and to the point. They all gave me their opinions. That comes out on dogsbynature.com tomorrow. It's, it's very opening. It, what it, I wanted to do was I wanted to ask women, because see, we're all guys. All we want to do is rub dirt on it and, and put, stick the bone back in and put duct tape on it. And get back on the field. <laughs> but we all have wives. We all have moms. We all have sisters. We all have daughters. And they're sensitive. They see things different than we see things. They're, uh, and that's the way God made uh, men and women to be different. But they all provided their time and effort to this article. And the things that they said, when I read their responses, I just went, oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I never thought about that. Oh, wow. How about that? And so that comes out tomorrow on Dogs by Nature. I think two other things that I have a takeaway from his conference yesterday that I noticed is, one, is he must have said 11, 12, 15 times that he was innocent. And another thing he said is that he is it was pointed out or directed toward him that why didn't you just pay these women off? <laughs> and yep. he just said, because I didn't do it. Yep. He, the easiest thing for him to have done with $177 million is mm-hmm. if you got to write, you know, all these checks for $50,000, I mean, that's that's 20 bucks to me and you. Right. That's like a, that's like a parking ticket to him. Mm-hmm. So it, it, the easiest thing would have just been to take all these women. Now, does that mean more women would have come up and made the same allegations? Probably. But if you... You know, the truth only has one version, whereas lies, you got to keep um, keep making that circle, keep going. Uh, another thing that came out of that press conference that I thought was kind of odd was somebody asked Deshaun why he eventually, uh, was, why did he pick the Browns because of the money? This is what he said. He said, actually... The money had nothing to do with the contract. He said, I did not know about the contract until I told my agent that I wanted to come and be a Cleveland Brown. That was secondary. That was after the fact that we spoke on the phone with Andrew Berry, Kevin Stefanski, and the Haslam family. That had nothing to do with me choosing the Cleveland Browns. Now, I don't know about that. If somebody was to put $230 million on a piece of paper and slide it over on the desk and say, this is what we're going to pay you, 
yes, I'm going to play for the Siberian team. <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, yes. You know, uh, how how hot is hell? Okay. You know, I'll, I'll consider that. Mm-hmm. True, but What's it is consistent. Thoughts? It is consistent with, with the timeline of um, – or, or with with what they said last week, I think it was a Sports Illustrated article I went through where he he eventually was looking at his opportunity to win a Super Bowl, and with all the teams in the mix, and we we said this from the beginning, Cleveland's the only one of any of those teams where he has any chance of winning a Super Bowl in the next five years. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. I know what and you're saying, Barry. I know I I know what you mean. The for the idea for him to not know what his contract would be if he selected one of these teams is kind of crazy. Like, and I, I know I saw a lot of media kind of attack that too. Cause I mean, I think he knew what his contract was going to be before, you know, picking Cleveland and probably helped mm-hmm. a lot. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I didn't, I didn't seriously start dating my wife until she cooked for me. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so told your agent to get her back a- on the phone, huh? That's right. I thought that was a very odd take coming out of that because everybody just assumed that he saw the, t- you know, because he, he, he told Cleveland that he wasn't going to come. And then all of a sudden he flipped it. Well, let's say they were offering him $170 million and now they're offering him 230 and that's probably what changed his mind. I think everybody just kind of assumed that that was the, the determining factor of him accepting the trade. Because, you know, he had that no-trade clause. And so – for him to be able to do that, he had to eliminate that and waive that. Then Houston could take the best offer that they wanted, and obviously Cleveland gave him the best offer with with three three a three first. I just want to remind everybody about DraftKings. Uh, make sure you join in on the, on the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still join the College Hoops action with DraftKings Pools. Everybody can play free pools all March long for a shot at a share of over $250,000 in prizes. Simply join a pool and answer questions like who will make it to the next round and who will hit the most three-pointers and track your results. Go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code TPPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, you must be 21 years or older to play. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Yeah, I mean, just just such an interesting situation that's going on. There's so many different moving parts and pieces to it. Definitely gives us stuff to keep an eye on. Yep. As things go along. Yep, we got and enough you, stuff to talk about till the season gets here. Absolutely. So. Yeah, I, I cannot say enough that I think this offense is going to evolve. Oh, yeah. I, I, can remember, I remember back in 1982, the Miami Dolphins were a run-it-down-your-throat type of team. They had been that way with Don Shula. Ever since the 70s, he liked to pound it down your throat. He had big offensive linemen that were run blockers. He had big backs and, and small backs and scat backs. Uh, tight ends were all blocking. Then they drafted Dan Marino. Mm. And in one training camp, they became a throwing team. And there's no telling what this offense is going to become. I don't think we're going to see three tight end sets anymore. We might see some two tight end sets. 
mm-hmm. but I don't think we're going to see three tight end sets anymore. Yeah, and you know, talk. We've talked about how Deshaun Watson on the field is going to elevate a lot of players, but it's going to be interesting to see Kevin Stefanski in more of a wide open playbook kind of role. See what he can do with a guy like Deshaun Watson because this is a guy who's already won head coach of the year once as a rookie head coach. So this this is going to be very interesting in 2022. Yeah, and another aspect is I don't think the Browns are going to go into the season with a fullback anymore. Now, they still have Johnny Stanton on a reserve uh, contract, but, you know, they didn't exercise the option on Andy, Andy Janovich, so it could be that we're just not going to see the evolution of the, the fullback just be thrown out this year. It's true. That's telling. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be, whew, like you said, Justin, in the beginning, Nick Chubb must be just, let's go, baby. Because how you can't stack the box, try to stop him, right? No, and, and the Browns the last two years have been in the, the bottom part of the league and passes thrown to wide receivers, so yep. Yep. they know we're going to run it. Yep. All right, Justin, did you have something there, quick? No, 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 no. Just was going to say just the fact that the signing of Jacoby Reset, I kind of it's like paint on the wall you see the writing on the wall and what i think that they're going to try to transition to yeah was, a little bit a little bit more athletic a little bit more rpo a little bit more yep. wide open yeah <laughs> a little think, bit more options absolutely it's going to be it is going to be a fun season i think now i got i got one more thing on the table here i want to ask you about okay there's a punter coming out from San Diego State named uh, Matt Areza. And he is just an absolute stud of a kicker. Um, he's projected, um, Brian Broussard had him the number 100th prospect, which would be third round. I The Browns have a fourth round pick and a fifth round pick. I don't think he's going to be there in the fifth round. Would you, as put your GM hat on, would you consider drafting a punter in the fourth round. You so, so he's a punter, not a kicker. Yeah, punter out of yeah, San Diego State. Yeah. Just, he, uh, he, set, he set the NCAA record for punting average in a season with 51.19 yards per punt. I looked at the NFL stats from last year. At that average, that would have put him second in the league. Wow. Uh, I'll just I'll go quick. For me, no. I'm a no on, on the punter that early. You guys? Uh, for me, I just, with trading away some of our first and stuff, I think there's going to be too many positional needs and to, I I don't want to say burn a fourth, but I feel like you can find, you can find talent elsewhere. Might not be that great though. Yeah. That's tough because yeah, I'm probably the same way, probably too early there to snag one up um but man our special teams going into the season not just a punter kicker we need we got to do something at both of we those suck. positions because <laughs> we don't got anybody that i want to see running out there on opening day I, right i'm now. not planning on trotting my punter out there as often this year right? so yeah that's, that's <laughs> maybe that'll be part too. of the offense evolving is yeah. never punting yeah on never fourth having to. what do you think barry is he uh, worth it I I think that he's probably going to be a fifth round pick, but if, if the Browns want him, they better they better uh, flip that fourth round pick and, and take him. 
I think he could be a field position weapon. He has kicked uh, several kicks over 60 yards. Mm. And if you're pinning people down constantly, then you're winning the field position game. And I think he's a generational type punter. He won the Ray Guide Award this year. Um, I just think that they that that would be a valuable, valuable weapon for them. As far as kickers, Kate York of LSU is probably the best one. Um, he's uh, the top kicker in this year. But who I like even more is the Alabama kicker. Mm. Uh, I'm excuse me, the Wake Forest kicker named uh, Nick Saiba. And uh, he's got a laundry list of out accolades in front of him. He's very good under pressure. He has kicked multiple, multiple 50-yarders with seconds on the clock. Now, then again, if you take a kicker, you're looking at sixth, seventh round. You know, we took Austin Siebert in the fifth round a couple of years ago, and that didn't work out. We took Zane Gonzalez in the seventh round, and that didn't work out. Although both of them are kicking for NFL teams as we speak, uh, we had Matt McCrane in the in uh, on our practice squad last year and let him go. He was regularly kicking fifty yarders, and I don't know if they're going to try to re resign Chase McLaughlin or not. Um, the first part of the year, he didn't miss anything. He was kicking fifty yarders like he was nothing, which that in itself forces or give Kevin Stefanski an option instead of going for it on fourth and three, fourth and five on the 35-yard line and Baker getting sacked and then giving the ball up at, you know, a good field position. It gives him an option to go for points and escalate that scoreboard. Yeah, it does. I mean, we've been saying that the kicker, that is a situation that, I think we forget about when we're not watching the games, especially in the off season, it's easy to forget about how bad the kicking was, but we got to get that locked up. We got to have somebody. I, I need to feel, you know, confident when we trot out a kicker that, all right, we got a pretty good shot of putting points on the board here <laughs> rather than I don't really want to watch. Right. But yeah. And I got, I got one more thing I want to bring up. If you don't mind. This is your fifth one more thing, Barry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I'm just messing with you. What, what do you got? I, I got you. Um, I'm concerned about swing tackle. Okay. Uh, you know, Conklin and Wills both have been hurt, and they've been hurt repeatedly. And who they they signed was Chris Hubbard. And of course, Chris Hubbard got hurt last year. Yeah. And while while Chris Hubbard was in there, they did fairly well. Um, but then when you brought in the rookie um, from last year, and then you bring in Blake Hans, um, I'm talking uh, Hudson. Hudson, seemed, the rookie, right? Uh, yeah, Hudson. Um, nothing seemed to James Hudson. Nothing seemed to, to click there. So if you don't have your starting five in, and one of them goes down, or in some cases two of them went down. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were having guards playing tackle. We were having. Uh, backups playing offensive tackle. James Hudson was horrible at right tackle. Absolutely horrible. Yeah, he just he couldn't wasn't take good. it. Yeah, and so Chris Hubbard spent more time on IR than he, in the past two seasons than he did on the field. And um, I just think that maybe somewhere in the third, fourth round, they should look at a tackle coming out of the draft that we can plug and play that, that really could be a starter day one and I think third round, fourth round might be a good place to find somebody like that. And do you think third round would be 
too high of a pick to select a guy that you know is going to start the season on the bench? For me, no, because I, I think, well, first of all, it depends on what they do in free agency as far as that defensive line goes. If they get that kind of locked up and we get pieces figured out on the D-line in free agency, I think the third round to get a tackle, because I know Conklin's not going to be here super long-term. I mean, this could right. be his last season in Cleveland. We don't know. So we do need to get a young guy that can be on the team and be a competent starter for the next three, four seasons. Well, yeah, I think that, you know, you can't, if, if the Browns are going to be what we think that they can be, you know, with being a contender team, you know, for the foreseeable future of, you know, being, you're never going to have, a, hopefully we're not going to have that top 10 pick to go take the best tackle yeah. that, you know, you, you can, like a Wills that you're just going to be able to put in and he's going to be a starter and no questions asked. We're probably not going to have that. We're going to have to develop a guy kind of like what we've done now with Nick Harris. We're going to see what he's going to be. We drafted him, and now we kind of, we released Treader, and now it's hey, it's your turn um, at that position. So we kind of I I would be all right with it too, but that you know third round trying to take somebody and develop them into okay. So now we don't have to throw a bunch of money at Conklin. We feel comfortable that this guy can fill that role if Conklin were to leave. All makes sense to me. I'd like to see them take somebody in one of those two picks of the third round and just develop somebody so that when one of those players go down, we're not in trouble. Yeah. You don't want to be – we said that a lot last year, that we didn't just have like a backup in a certain position. We might have a third – a lot of times a fourth-string guy starting because of how many injuries we had in the different configurations of yeah, you know, we had guards Bet- playing tackles. Antonio was moving around yeah. and playing different spots. Yeah, it was it was crazy last year, the combinations yeah. that we have. And if, if we ha- ever had the – the starting five right now to be able to, tr- you know, kind of develop somebody. It's the five guys we got on the line. If you're going to learn behind a group, that's a group to learn behind. And then obviously Callahan is being the coach. He's the guy that you'd want to work with. So, yep, that Callahan. That's a good man. That's a good asset to have. But Barry, is there anything else you want to touch on before we wrap this thing up? Yeah, I want to give you an idiom before I go. Oh, of course. What? Oh, Man, I can't I believe can't I forgot forget about that. Barry's idioms. Jeez, I'm an idiot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to give you uh, how the game developed the word huddle. Okay. And where the, the huddle came from. Uh, Gallaudet University in Washington, D.C. is a very well-known and prestigious school for the deaf and hard of hearing. Well, in college football in 1894, on their schedule were two other deaf college football teams. The quarterback at the time was a guy named Paul Hubbard, and he didn't want the defense of the other deaf schools to steal his plays while he was signing them out in the open at the line of scrimmage. So he would go to the line of scrimmage and sign different things or numbers and he didn't want these other two schools to, to, to steal them. So what he did is he moved his teammates back a few yards and had them form a wall to block the view of him signing the signals for the plays to his players. Now, after a few downs, his players would be, would be forming kind of real loosely. So what he did is he told them to tighten it up and, and huddle together hmm. so that no light would be between them. 
Interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> Never knew that. Justin, did you learn something there? Oh, uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, not sign language, but. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, well, Barry, it's always good having you on the show, man. You bring Absolutely. so much yep. knowledge and information and, of course, the idioms. I can't believe I, I almost got you out of here without that. That's all right. <laughs> I uh, en- I enjoyed my time, and y'all are the best. Yeah, you too. Make sure everybody go check out Barry Shuck's articles tomorrow coming yes, out. Uh, what is what is it called? Women of Cleveland. Women of Women of the Browns. Women of the Browns. It's, it's it's their voices that are be heard, and they tell you exactly what's going on with their thoughts. Um, just like you you've asked your wives, and they giving you their opinions. These women, and like the two of them are in have law degrees or working on them. And it's uh, very insightful. Awesome. Tomorrow. I'll be reading that the second it comes out. We'll share it on social media so everybody can find it real quick because I think that is going to be very important to get the, you know, those perspectives. So Barry, thanks a lot. We will be talking to you again soon. Thank you for having me on. All right. We'll see you later. Oh, he's gone. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) They hung up quick. Yeah, I got to hit the restroom real quick probably, but uh, I know that's where I'm running as soon as we're done. So anything else you guys want to throw out before we wrap this episode up? You got anything, Justin? <laughs> Be excited. I know. I mean, I feel like there's a, there's a lot of like a, like a gray cloud over the Browns right now. Like for me, I'm super excited. This, I feel like every year kind of like a, we keep building this and we're like, well, this is really it. Like this is really the chance for us to be a legit Super Bowl team. I feel like based on the suspension, we have that chance, guys. That roster is that good. Now everybody else in the AFC is real damn good too. So let's get that chemistry going. Yeah, but the only way the only way to compete we've been saying this for a while. You have to have a difference maker at quarterback. Otherwise I mean it's gonna be a stroke of luck for you to to get past any of these other teams. So now we've got him. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's going to be exciting leading up uh, to the season. You know, man, what a relief it is to, no, I haven't been in here for a while, but to not be talking about (laughs) a certain other quarterback the entire episode is a, uh, even though this sometimes isn't what we want to be talking about with the off the field issues, but man, it's good to talk about something else. Yeah, it absolutely is. So want to thank everybody for checking out their episode of the podcast. It's really great having Zach and Justin getting your voices back in here. I've been, I just wanted to hear what you guys had to say yep. so badly about all this stuff. Um, and we're going to dive into a little bit more, I'm sure, here on the After Hours. So if you're not already in the, the Patreon group, go go to jointhedogs.com. Ugh, I can't even talk. And uh, check all that out. It's an awesome community. We're having a ton of fun over there. And um I guess we'll see you guys all next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Dogs Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Twitter at the Dogs Podcast and become an official Dog Pack member at jointhedogs.com. When you need 
mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.